0: Right, it is time. I've got a big-ass cup of coffee next to me. It's starting to rain outside, which is the best weather in my opinion. So I, I feel like I'm ready. Are you all ready? Okay, let's do this. Welcome to another episode of Old Head. Today I'm going to be spending some time talking about a subject that the mere mention of the term will cause some people to physically wince when they hear it. Uh, and others fully embrace it and love it. I feel like I'm at the age where I see people going both ways around my age. Uh, we're going to talk about new metal, not N-E-W metal, in N-U, possibly with an umlaut, metal. Why are we going to talk about new Metal? Well, a couple reasons. The first one being, if you heard several podcasts ago, I talked a little bit about how I found myself actually enjoying Limp Biscuit. Uh, fuck, I even recently acquired an original 1999 pressing of Significant Other on red vinyl. Pretty sweet. But uh, along with that, and you may have seen my YouTube review of this, um, I... Ended up really digging the new Korn album, which is called The Nothing. So, because of both of these things, it really made me want to go back and kind of look at what new metal was, where it came into my life, what it became, you know, in the grand scheme of metal, and why, for the most part, do I and many like me not really dig it. Like what is it about it that doesn't connect with me? So probably the best place to start is with hip hop because there's a lot of hip hop elements in new metal. And when I was a kid, I actually was getting into hip hop around the same time I was getting into rock and roll. So while I had Van Halen and Bon Jovi, I also had Run-DMC and LL Cool J and of course the fucking Beastie Boys. I Kind of dug both of those kinds of music at the same time. To me, music that's energetic and aggressive and invigorating, it all it all kind of falls into the same pool for me. I, I would consider myself a metalhead, absolutely. But you bring anything my way that gets my blood pumping, you know, it's uh, I'm probably gonna dig it. So. I was into all of that stuff. I got into metal, I got into rap, all of that shit. I kind of followed both of those styles of music into the 90s. And then in 1992, the very first album from Rage Against the Machine came out and I was fucking all over that shit. And to me, it didn't seem like quote unquote rap metal to me. That just seemed like it was its own thing. Nothing seemed forced about it. It just seemed like a rap group that also played guitars and bass and drums. It it seemed like a very natural thing. And I think the success of that is kind of where everything started to take off. Sure, you had shit before that, like Anthrax and Public Enemy, and even before that, Aerosmith and Run DMC, but I think... Rage Against the Machine was really kind of the thing that people heard where other musicians and people starting bands were like, oh, I want to do that, which I get it. I mean, when I was learning how to play guitar, I learned how to play the majority of the songs off that first Rage album because it is fucking fun to play. And also around that time, you also had Helmet that was putting out some killer music, and that was very... Rhythmic, it was riff oriented, and there was a lot of groove going on in all of the stuff that was that, that was coming out of them. And you could probably point a little bit at Pantera, you know, the groove metal kind of thing. And uh, and another album that I think around that time that was very important in what ended up happening with new metal was uh, Undertow by Tool, which came out in 1993. I think if you take all of these elements of things the idea of hip-hop and rap already existing together in certain ways here and there, then you throw in Rage Against the Machine and bands like Helmet and Tool. You kind of take all of that, and I think that's kind of what led to Korn, which their first album came out in 1994. Obviously, they probably had many other influences, and I'm just sort of generalizing what was going on in music at the time. But if you listen to... 1992, Rage Against the Machine, 1993, Undertow, you put those together and you listen to Korn after it, it kind of makes sense. It's rhythmic, there's hip-hop elements, there's emotion, it's heavy, it just kind of seemed like the natural next step. So from my perspective, I was introduced to Korn on this local cable access music show that was called Raw Time. Raw Time came on in the middle of the fucking night on Saturday night, and they played all of the videos that MTV wouldn't play. So you had shit like uh, Nine Inch Nails, Happiness and Slavery, a very fucked up video. You saw that on Raw Time. You saw two live crew videos, once again, adding to my feeling that all of this kind of music just kind of went together for me. But I remember one night, they premiered the video for Blind by Korn. And it didn't really do anything for me, and it didn't seem groundbreaking at the time. It was definitely interesting, but it was one of those things where I went, okay, it's it's uh, it's it's okay, it's cool, you know, and then that was kind of it. It really wasn't what I was wanting to listen to. Around that time, I was very into the death metal scene that was going on. And uh, I knew some kids, I say kids, they were my age, that were into... Deftones and Corn, and they all seemed to be also the kids that were into like Nine Inch Nails, which I like Nine Inch Nails too, but you know what I'm talking about? Those kids that were like one step away from goth, they were like industrial goths. That's that's what they were. I had friends that were industrial goths, and while they were still listening to Skinny Puppy and shit like that, they also started listening to Corn and Deftones and I don't know, whatever else was going on around that time. And so obviously that music got a little bit of exposure and started to really sort of blow up and become a little bit popular. And at the same time, on my end, the death metal scene, in fact, metal in general, was all kind of becoming something that wasn't connecting with me as much. It seemed like Everyone was kind of moving away from riffs that were interesting that made you want to run home and figure out how to play it. And I think maybe that's my problem with new metal in the beginning. At the base level of new metal, it's the fact that I'm a guitar player and a songwriter, and I love hearing a riff where I go, Oh, I want to go fucking figure out how to play that. But if you're listening to Blind by Korn, it's I can tell you how to play that right now. When I was 15, I could have told you how to play that. So, nothing about it connected with me because I'm like, "All right, whatever you figured out how to play something on one string and great, you tuned down low, awesome, but I wanted more." And it seemed like a lot of the metal bands were heading in that direction. Like you had in '96, you had Roots by Sepultura, which is an album that now has grown on me to where I really love it. And I kind of enjoy the journey from where Sepultura started to that album. But at the time, I liked things about it, but it was hard to get into it at the time because I wanted fast riffs that I. Felt like I wanted to go learn how to play, like I've said, like 50 times already. So I got a little bit more into the California punk scene that was happening with bands like No Effects and Lagwagon and Strung Out. These were all bands that, sure, you could compare them to like a Green Day kind of thing, but they were faster and the guitar riffs at the time for those bands were way more intricate and that's, I don't know, that's always been me. Give me a riff. That's That's what I want. So while I was out there searching for riffs, Corn uh, was blowing up. You know, 1998, Follow the Leader came out. Great album, but that one really put them on the map. And then around the same time, you started seeing Limp Biscuit when they were doing their cover of Faith. And you started to see that, oh, this, was a, this is a thing. This is a, a kind of music that's now a, a scene that's, that's r- risen to the top and is now getting this MTV exposure, like many other scenes before. And I think a lot of like new metal purists would probably say that the end of the 90s is kind of when new metal started to become a little bit oversaturated, I guess, and started to get lumped in with what I consider to be novelty metal. Or not even Novelty Metal, Novelty Rock. Because in 1999, you had Limp Biscuit with Significant Other. That album blew up. But I think they were still very straightforward. Like, hey, we're a rap metal group, and here's our vibe. But you also had Kid Rock, which even at the time... Obviously, if you have the internet, you know that Kid Rock was just some rich kid who wanted to be a rapper and then ended up doing this. But even at the time... It seemed like, this guy seems like a poser. And when you're a teenager, that is a bad thing to be. So things like that started popping up, and then you started seeing your kind of Slipknot and Mudvayne things, which I realized that Slipknot has become a very popular band, but it started to become this thing where it's like, oh, these guys wear masks. These guys have weird colored goatees. They they turn their head sideways at the camera when they're playing their tuned down guitar really low. Um, I, it, it just became this thing where you're like, here's this new band, what's their gimmick? And so it was really hard to wade through all of that bullshit to find the shit that was actually really good. Now, mind you, when I actually heard the first Slipknot album, I was really into it at first. I, uh... Because there wasn't a lot of really aggressive, riff-heavy metal. Their, their riffs, yeah, they were simple here and there, but there were other parts of their music that seemed way more intricate than what other people were doing, so I get how that band took off. But around that time, early 2000s, let me just spout off names. Mudvayne, Papa Roach, P.O.D., Stained, Linkin Park, Dope, Trapped, Soil, Drowning Pool, Nickelback, don't forget they were part of that whole thing. A uh, puddle of mud. The, it became this thing where it was all of these bands that were all coming out with a similar sound. Some of which you wanted to be taking seriously. Some of which had gimmicks. Some of which I don't know just seemed like they were hopping on a, a trend. And even older bands started hopping on trends. It became it became overwhelming. And not only that. Because that style of music was all about writing these really simple riffs, there wasn't a lot of room for originality. So it was similar sounding bands, a lot of times with similar sounding vocalists, and the songs were almost interchangeable. So, I mean, so much so that in preparing for this podcast, I, I listened to an Apple curated playlist which was filled with new metal, I guess, classics. And occasionally a song would come up and I would think it was a different artist or I would think it was a song that I had already heard on this playlist, but it was different, a different artist, some artist with a name that I had never even heard of. But even at that point, I, I was still trying. Even though I had fallen off the metal train, if you will, for a little bit, I still checked in, and I still wanted to know what was going on because I was waiting for something to pull me back in. And occasionally, there were things that came out that really stuck with me. Uh, one of them being the uh, self-titled System of a Down album when that came out, and that once again, that was a thing where there were riffs. It was heavy. It was different. It was kind of bizarre, and, and and I fucking loved it because I was like, "How is this popular? This is awesome." And then you had uh, Deftones with their second album, uh, Around the Fur. And then, of course, soon after that, White Pony. I was all about White Pony. But once again, they had taken a different approach. They had started to expand their sound in almost a post-metal kind of way. And uh, I really liked it. I still do enjoy a lot of what Deftones do. But those bands were the exceptions for this New metal genre, and even at that point, new metal had already kind of become a joke to the point where if there was a band that I was supposed to be into, once I heard those new metal elements, I I, I would immediately write it off. I mean, I remember having friends that were into Cold Chamber and uh, Snot, and and these were all bands where I would just look at it and go, I, I don't, I don't care, I don't care. I just don't care because it all became a fucking blur and what I've found 20 years down the road or whatever is that it still kind of seems like a blur of shit with a few shining lights here and there and um, so you would imagine my surprise when I started enjoying Limp Biscuit songs and when I heard new corn songs and they actually caught my ear and I I liked them enough to not only listen to the new album, but review the new album and fuck I just bought the motherfucker on vinyl. I, I think it's really good. And somebody pointed out in a comment on YouTube that perhaps I'm enjoying it more because they they have matured their sound and I don't know if I would necessarily go that far. I think they've refined it, and maybe it's a bit more straightforward. But to be honest, I kind of don't necessarily need the music to be refined and straightforward. I think one of the saving graces of the new metal genre was the fact that weird things would get thrown in. Like, you know, a DJ... Or like in several bands and, and the new Corn album, some fucking beatboxing. It, it, because it was a genre that was kind of open to whatever. And that is actually a good thing for new metal. If somebody was going to ask me, what do you think is a positive aspect of new metal? And I would say, I think it was good that it opened up the general public to other kinds of music. So aside from metal, you were getting kids into hip hop and a little bit into like electronic music because you had a lot of these like Orgy and Power Man 5000 kind of bands that were incorporating like electronic elements. Static X, that's a good example too. So I like that aspect of it because like I said, if it's energetic and aggressive and makes me feel something, I don't care who's making it or where it's coming from it just has to have something that keeps me there. And New Metal was all about taking whatever elements kept things interesting and throwing it in there. So in hindsight, when I was listening to the playlist that I talked about earlier, and I was getting songs confused, I didn't know who did what, and some songs sounded the same. Overall, it was pretty enjoyable listening to the music. Now, I guess I probably couldn't listen to it all the time, but there's something about that period of music that feels welcoming, I guess. And to be honest, at this point, I believe that Nu Metal has been unfairly singled out because I'm also a very big fan of of the 80s hard rock scene with what you would call, quote-unquote, hair bands. And the same thing happened then, where there was an oversaturation of bands that were doing the same thing. There was gimmicks. Some of them are very talented, some of them not so much. But I enjoy even the shittiest of 80s hair bands, and I hate it when people try to lump everything in together and call Def Leppard a hair band or whatever, because I'm just like, you just don't fucking get it, do you? And I'm pretty fucking sure that somebody who loves the new metal era of music, when they hear me say shit like Trapped sounds just like Coal Chamber, they would be like, dude, you just don't fucking get it. You're not hearing the nuances. and And I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not. But I'm never going to claim to be an expert or to be an all-knowing source of what makes music good or bad. I, I I just want everyone to enjoy what you enjoy. And if you don't like something, shut the fuck up. Because that's all we... I mean, in this day and age, we're all listening to heavy music. Not, not I mean, I, we, we're all... If you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to some kind of heavy music. And... I think that's fucking great, and I feel like it's wrong to sell an entire genre short because it was super successful, and that's why. That's why it was oversaturated, because it was successful. People wanted to hear it. People still want to hear that kind of music. Slipknot are still incorporating a lot of very new metal elements in their music, and they're fucking huge worldwide and that alone even though i'm not really into what they're doing i i I like that it's out there and honestly if any genre of metal had a chance to come back big i I think new metal is the one that would come back i mean look at what the the overall most popular music is today it's hip-hop And new metal has a lot of hip hop elements. So it seems like maybe, you know, while everyone's chatting here and there about how it sucks that nobody likes rock and metal anymore, maybe new metal could be the thing that saves, you know, guitar driven music and brings it back into, you know, worldwide popularity. That seems logical. And at that point, who knows where rock and roll could go? Maybe it could come right back out on top. And maybe, maybe everything will happen backwards. Maybe new metal will bring everything back. And then that will lead into grunge, which leads into hair, hair metal. I don't know. Um, when you think about how everything occurred from then to now, And you try to play it backwards, it doesn't make very much sense. But, you know, that's what makes this shit so interesting. And that's what brings me back wanting to talk about it week after week. And so, in conclusion, um, I still feel kind of like an outsider when it comes to new Metal. I still feel like, like I was the loser in high school and new Metal was the popular kids, and I never felt that I was one of them, um, even though I enjoyed you know, some of their music. But if one day down the road, a, a new metal sounding band breaks through and tops the charts all over the world and becomes super popular, I'm probably going to be over here cheering them on just because... As much as I love, you know, metal being underground and I love music that easily could never be popular, I also remember how it was these big popular rock bands that first got me into it. And then I found my way to all of the shit that I love. So we need crazy popular bands because that's where a lot of these kids start out. And so as much as they would probably not want to admit it, your favorite underground technical brutal death metal band sometimes needs that super popular, well-polished, watered-down metal band to plant the first seed. So, kumbaya, everyone. (laughs) Once again, thank you very much for listening. I'm... Not really sure what we learned today, but hopefully you were entertained a little bit. So until next time, get out there and uh, listen to your rock and metal of choice and go support the bands that you love and let's keep this shit alive. And I will see you guys again next time. Bye.